You're listening to Novel Bound, a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company. Each week, we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life. Welcome back to Novel Bound. I'm Anna. And I'm Celine. And today we're talking about books that if you basically, if you love the Bridgerton series on Netflix, these are the books you need to read next. Yes, we need to talk about our experience watching Bridgerton first because it was honestly the best idea we ever had. I was so excited about it. We basically had like a best friend date and watched it over Zoom together. We watched the first couple of episodes. Yes. It was great. And we had like the perfect reactions to every, like as soon as Daphne came on screen, we were like, oh, main character, this is main character energy. We know who this is. She like walked through the door and I was just sitting there like, oh, she has arrived. She has arrived. Everyone's waiting for her. She descended upon the staircase. She's like, what? Diamond of the season? What? Me? (laughs) She was ready. She was ready for it. Mm -hmm. Katie, Katie, I know you're listening to this. (laughs) Um, In England, do they still do stuff like this at all? Because I know in Connecticut, specifically Connecticut. Really randomly in Connecticut, I guess. In Connecticut, they do the debutante ball, at least according to Gilmore Girls. (laughs) And like, she's the man. like specifically in those shows like they still have like the balls where they wear like big dresses and they're like introduced mm-hmm. into society i'm into it i know that like we have some international listeners and so if that also happens in the vampire diaries Just oh like, yeah miss mystical falls miss mystic falls yeah yeah miss 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 i was like that words yeah, are hard sister. Oh man, that scene with her and Damon slow dancing. I was mm-hmm. literally sitting there like definitely appear and then she's like, I love you, Damon. You're the one. And I'm like, yes, I'm here for it. Yes. I've been rewatching that show to cope through the sadness of what is winter. I'm like, wow, I have mm-hmm. nothing to do. I can't go outside. I'm just gonna watch my prayers. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a good show. It's hard for it me is. though because they kill the main characters so many times. They so many back. times sometimes sometimes they don't sometimes i feel bad for bonnie i'm in like season six oh, right now and i'm like how many I times does that girl have to sacrifice yeah yep. how many times does that girl have to sacrifice her that. life and people like she's like dead multiple times and then she like takes on everyone's pain all the time all the time and then Where's she doesn't get her man vengeance? come on i haven't finished the series yet because i'd like stopped watching you haven't after. oh my god not like on purpose it was like i was in college and then like was the series continued on and then I like now I'm getting back into it so it's good but okay back to our BFF like night it was glorious because I wanted to watch Bridgerton but it's kind of like I just felt really lonely watching it alone and so I was like Anna you want to watch this with me she's like yes and um me Anna and I are like religious and so we 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 are religious and um so we don't usually watch things that have like soft porn in them (laughs) which like I feel like Bridgerton is a solid soft porn (laughs) a solid I would say like maybe like hard sounds so wrong to say but (laughs) but I was like trying to I was trying like I was like and we opened to a shot of some guy's butt and I was like oh we have to put some filters on this so there's this filter there's this app that I love called Vade Angel and you can watch any TV show and it'll like take anything that you want out, cuss words or mm-hmm. um, any form of anything, nudity, sex scenes, whatever you want. So that way, like if you want to like continue to watch a show and you're like us who like feel like nerdy, like Weird. guilty when we watch things like that, we're like, oh my gosh, 
um this is this is the app that we use so we watch it on vidangel so we did not see any butts during and the series fun, yeah fun fact about vidangel is they have like a pay it forward program so a lot of the times they'll have series that anyone can just log on to and watch at like a certain yeah. time and you yeah. know vidangel should sponsor like not sponsored but like not yet vidangel should sponsor us anyway angel sponsor us <laughs> no but we do is. love it because like we, we pour and so we use the pay it forward program i'm like my husband's in college yeah. in school we can we can do this yeah. but I, I love that we could watch the series without like someone walk like my husband walking in and being like what are you watching but you can stream it onto your tv so it's like you put all the filters on your phone and then boom it's like you're done yeah and what's nice is you're not really missing anything like because the filters are so like you can really pick and choose what you want mm -hmm. so like we have everything in a scene except for like when there's like like it'll just like cut or it'll be like yep. all of a sudden like i was watching it by myself after we stopped watching it and like they had just gotten married and he was like i want to show you more things and all of a sudden it like cuts to black and i was like i know what happened there like <laughs> And so there are people that totally live for it. And by all means, there's like zero judgment. Yeah. You do you guys. Um, this was not meant for us. But I think that we just wanted to give that back, like that understanding of us. So that way, when we give you these things, you're like, where's the, where's the soft porn? Like, I, that's why I enjoyed Bridgerton. Yeah, these books will not have soft porn in them. No, I'm sorry? so sorry. I feel like I apologize for the lack of sexual content in these books, but I appreciate it because as a, I just get nervous around those kinds of books. <laughs> That's why everyone's gonna go forward being like well there's probably gonna be like no romance that's not true there are romance there's, there's just romance. not hardcore sex scenes like you still yes. get like that and then he brushed his hand against mine and my whole arm went up in tingles there's like still yes stuff like that. oh so much and there'll be like that tension of like we can't which i love i love that like that like oh it's so bad for us mm -hmm. to kiss <laughs> and then it like breaks it like will always like fade to black so like you'll usually get that mm -hmm. with our books is like there's we usually try to find re recommend books that have like lack of Lack of things that your grandmother couldn't read. But honestly, I don't think my grandmother mm -hmm. listens to this. My grandma has sent me some Nicholas Sparks novels among and Nora Roberts books. And I've been like, she's like, we should totally discuss these. And I've been like, Grandma, where are you? Grandma, I can't discuss stuff like this with you. What are you sending me? If you're listening to this, Grandma, I like love you. Thank you so much. Please send me more care packages. Appreciate you. Um, but back to Bridgerton. We love it. Like it's been so good yes. to like watch the story and like I, what I love about it is the fact that people are like it awakened the Victorian side of the world that like has been slept on since 2005. And yeah, Celine has like been in this world. She's had her toes <laughs> dipped in this world for a hot minute. Now I haven't. So my books are like a little, they're like in this realm, not quite. Yes. Celine's are literally take Bridgerton and call it something else. And these are the books that Celine has. <laughs> yes, I have so many books. Um, But what I love about that too, well, also, I'm not just reading like Bridgerton, like modern day writing. I'm like, I'm like, okay, fam, the OG, like Jane Austen mm -hmm. stuff is like good. But what I think has been cool is that um, TikTok has like jumped on the Bridgerton thing. And like my FY, my For You page has just been like, like so many like girls like in ball dresses like dancing and like the, mm -hmm. the freaking TikTok is making a musical about Bridgerton and it's absolutely amazing so and funny. all of the songs are such a bop and I just am sitting there like I want this I want this so badly so if you like have come to find these like we're gonna give you our recommendations for books of Bridgerton let me we'll explain like what where these books like the similarities are so you see that yeah Okay, so basically all of these books we're going to talk about are going to have like 
ball gowns, a diamond of the season, obviously a scene where the ex sees you as you walk on the staircase and you're the it girl and everyone looks at you and it's going to be great. Fake dating because we love that. Stupid rules where women can't do the things, but they do it anyway. And we're here for that. Enemies mm-hmm. to lovers trope, which we also are obsessed with. Gossip girl and Gossip stuff girl like, vibes. you can't kiss or else you will have dishonored your family. Yes. Oh, such a good Yes, literally, there are so many things about like these books that I just love to death. So if you love any of these themes from Bridgerton, you'll love any of these books. And mm-hmm. you can recommend it to your mom because your mom will then be like, thank you for this it. classy read. Um, yeah, someone messaged me and was like, yeah, they call Bridgerton Bangerton. <laughs> I was like, no, because <laughs> like in season six I, or episode six, I guess they have like a montage set to Wildest Dreams with Taylor Swift, like in an, an instrumental thing what? of them just like frolicking, if that's the word we're going to use, frolicking amongst their the property, just frolicking over here, frolicking over there. We're just going to keep using the word wow. frolicking, See, it's not what I'm describing. stuff where I'm like, that's wild. <laughs> That's wild. But it is though. But what is this mask doing? That's the weird things I think about. I do too, because I think about that in my normal life. <laughs> I'm like, um, we can't do anything crazy. People will witness us. <laughs> but also, um, this is not about about frolicking. This is uh oh gosh, words. One thing that I liked about Bridgerton was the family elements. Don't I don't even know where I was going. No, okay, we just have to move on. Keep going. Oh, I do like the family elements though. I'm like, there's yeah. some like girl power BFF elements that I love. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Anna and I, when we were tr- originally trying to put together this episode, Anna, <laughs> Anna looked up books like Bridgerton. <laughs> Tell me about oh, your yes, that's, Yeah. Literally, so I was like, I, I read a ton of books. And so I was like, if I just can pull up a list of books that are similar to Bridgerton, there's probably going to be a couple of books on the list I've read. Mm-hmm. Literally all the books I pulled up were like adult erotic novels. And how do I know this, you may ask? Because literally all adult erotic novels share the theme of like, the girl on the cover, like scantily dressed, like lounging against the backdrop or something, and her hair's all quaffed and poofed, and it's like sex hair. And I'm like, yep, no, none of these books. And I obviously had read none of them. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they describe me like every single day. Like, that's exactly how I look. And that's exactly what my love life looks like 24 7. So, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but you know, whatever. So, there's no shame if these books are are like like girl you I'm guessing girls I don't I don't know if there's any males that listen to this podcast but girl do you read you but these are the books that uh they have all the romance with the less less of the smut they're still a little smut just not like yeah because we were also going to talk about I mean the because Bridgerton is based off of a book called I think the Duke and I yes I have the perfect you're going to start us off with that but keep going the Duke and I sorry no I was going to say we were going to talk about that but then obviously you can't because we've never read it I I don't know where I was going with that I know. Okay, so speaking of Dukes, this book is called The Dark Days Club, and I love this book, and so it's a little bit of a crossover, so it's got that Victorian romance, but it also has that paranormal stuff that we are also into. Mm-hmm. By paranormal, I mean, like, the witches, the demons, the like, that whole vibe. So I think, like, yeah, we love the fantasy stuff, so it take, it kind of is a creative world of its own, but I'll read the description of it. And guys, I, like, bought this book, and if I buy a book, that is a big deal, because I only buy books that I will, like, give to other people that's why I have books yeah that's true so on the eve of 18 year old lady Helen Rexhall's presentation to the queen does that not sound Bridgerton or what one of her family's housemates disappears and Helen is drawn into the shadows of Regency London there she meets Lord Carlston one of the few who can stop the perpetrators 
a cabal of demons infiltrating every level of society. Dare she ask for his help when his reputation is almost as black as his lingering eyes? <gasps> and will her intelligence and headstrong curiosity wind up leading them into a death trap? The Dark Days Club is no different. Goodman once again introduces her own unique mythology blended into the shadows of 19th century London. So this is from someone's review. Um, and I'm gonna pull up who wrote this. It's Emily May because Homegirl, you deserve the credit for this. Um, in this world, Lady Helen Rexhall must come to terms with the fact that she may be destined for more than high society parties and marrying a duke. She may have to face the reality that there is more to the world than she had first thought. But how can she do what she's supposed to do while her aunt insists on dragging her to balls and her uncle's wrath follows her every action? One of my favorite things about this book is a small detail, but an unusual one. When supernatural destinies or abilities are revealed to YA heroines, they do not usually have a choice or at least not a realistic one. But that is an important part of this book. In a world where women do not have many choices, Lady Helen must choose the life she wishes to lead add in a good dose of female friendship a simmering almost but not quite romance don't worry wait till book three mm, steamy and a vivid portrait of such were such a weird and exciting time in british history this book is going to steal my heart um and it's like 500 pages long so i read this book and i loved it and i think what's super fun is like I, one of my favorite tropes is when victorian girls like can do like do it both ways so they like will look fabulous at the ball and like go into those scenes but then like will have to for practicality state change sake change into pants for like like scenes like to, in order to like do things so what's super funny is she's like a super girly girl and then she like she is being taught how to like be strong and like fight against shadow hunters or whatever and um not shadow hunters sorry that's clockwork angel <laughs> um against like these demons or whatever. I we were talking about that though um she like <laughs> she like has to like learn how to train and fight but what's crazy is lord carlston so lord carlston is like this like dark mysterious character man who's like it's not that he is a bad person in any way it's mm -hmm. that because he has to like go into places that victorian men aren't allowed to be usually in order to like save people's lives from the dark things he gets like a bad reputation for stuff and sometimes like he has to like anyways and she too like they both have to like she is like what's cool is like they're acknowledging the rules they have to break in order to like like fight these bad guys or whatever but what i love about it is like she finds powers in herself and then there's like this like slow slow burning romance that takes place over the three books, like until like the last second of the third book. But like they depend on each other in lots of ways. But then it's like also like she's also gets engaged to a duke in the middle of it. And she, wow. he's like, he like helps her and he knows what she is. And um he like he they I think they even get married. I'm pretty sure they get married. Yeah, they Ooh. get married. And um yeah it's pretty crazy. It's a crazy story. And like, so there's got the ball gowns and the old rooms and like all those things, but it also has like some girl freaking choosing her life for herself and like sneaking off in the middle of the night to like go do boy stuff, which they weren't allowed to do, which like, I love that. I love that trope. Yeah. I feel like, um, oh my gosh, what is the name of the Bridgerton, Bridgerton? girl? What's her name? Oh, Daphne. 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 Daphne would have, like, Daphne and her have very similar personalities, but mm -hmm. I also feel like she would have loved to go and do those things. You know what I mean? Like, if they had the opportunity, she would have totally done it. Yeah. Okay, go. Love that. Okay. I, the first book I'm talking about is the Clockwork series. So the first book is mm -hmm. the Clockwork Angel. Mm-hmm. And I read the little back page. So, and then time when, oh, Okay, just to preface, this is a book by Cassandra Clare, so it's like in the Shadow Hunters world. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, at this point, I think she's written like 
15 books and they're all like 500 pages. I don't know how she does it. She just has this mm-hmm. like amazing world in her head, but okay. So in a time when shadow hunters are barely winning the fight against the forces of darkness, one battle will change the course of history forever. Welcome to the Infernal Devices Trilogy, a stunning and dangerous prequel to the New York Times bestselling Mortal Instrument series. The year is 1878. Tessa Gray descends into London's dark supernatural underworld in search of her missing brother. She soon discovers that her only allies are the demon-slaying shadow hunters, including Will and Jem, the mysterious boys she is attracted to. Soon they find themselves up against a pandemonium club, a secret organization of vampires, demons, warlocks, and humans. Equipped with a magical army of unstoppable clockwork creatures, the club is out to rule the British Empire, and only Tessa and her allies can stop them. So it's obviously set like in the same like time not the same but like it's set in like an old time frame and mm-hmm. like you get the like gorgeous dresses that tessa wears but like it kind of focuses on like other aspects of the story of like the forbidden love like there's yeah. kind of a love triangle and throughout all of it she's like i can't be like i can't let myself be with either of them because they're both like terabitai i think that's what that's called so oh, they're like yeah, partners yeah. and they both i think they both end up like falling in love with her and so she's like no like i really can't choose like i love you both so but she obviously does end up choosing and I won't tell you who. Oh my gosh. I need to read that it's series. Good. I like need to check that series out. And I need it's to check out because Percy yeah, Jackson Tessa starts series. out as this. I mean, she through and through stays like a very proper woman. So like mm-hmm. t- like the time period that she's in, she's like, you know, I'm gonna be a lady, but I'm still gonna do the things that I need to do. Like she starts out as naive and like unsure of herself, and then she grows to be like so determined and like get things done and change the world. But like yeah. throughout all of that, which I love so much, she is still like, but I'm a woman and I'm going to be a woman. And I like wow. freaking, I love it. I'm here for it. Get it, girl. Get it. Yes. Woo. I love that. Okay, sweet. Um, the book that is next is called Rook. And this takes place not in England, but in Paris. And it doesn't take place in the 1800s, but it takes place in a basically futuristic time that it's like set in the future so that, how do I explain it? It feels like Victorian England, Victorian England, but set in the future. I guess that's the best way to explain it. Okay, I think of stuff like that with Treasure Planet. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like things where like, it is the future, but there's aspects of like, the like Renaissance age. And I don't even, I don't think it's Renaissance, but yes, you know what I mean. I get you girl. So Sharon Cameron wrote this. She wrote the book, The Forgetting, which you read and you love because we've talked about this in the past and I that book was so good and this book is so good as well and um it's called Rook R-O-O-K and it's a retelling of the story of the Scarlet Pimpernel who which is another incredible book Mm -hmm. so do you know the story about Scarlet Pimpernel I don't know I don't let's just pretend it don't it sounds really familiar but I'll read the summary of that in just a second but um let's do rook first but like scarlet pimpernel is a really good book to read Mm -hmm. the i think that would be an incredible series to modernize because you'll get into it okay history is a way of repeating itself in the sunken city that was once paris all opposed the new revolution are being put to the blade except for those who disappear from their parent from their prison cells a red-tipped rook feather left in their place is the mysterious red rook a savior of the innocent or criminal meanwhile across the sea in the commonwealth Sophia Bellamy's arranged marriage to the wealthy Renee Hazard is the last chance to, stay, to save her family from ruin. But when the search for the Red Rook comes straight to her doorstep, Sophia discovers that her fiance is not at all he seems, which is only fair because neither is she. 
As the red rook grows bolder and the stakes grow higher, Sophia and Renee find themselves locked in a tantalizing game of cat and mouse. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. Yeah, I love those series. So mm-hmm. basically, Sophia is the main character and Homegirl is the red rook. So she's so she like will put on oh, this disaster. So fun. yeah, so the, the parallels to the Scarlet Pimpernel, just so I can compare them because it's honestly so good. Um, Scarlet Pimpernel is, this is the description, armed with only his wits and his cunning, one man recklessly defies the French revolutionaries and rescues scores of innocent men, women and children from the deadly guillotine. His friends and foes only know him as the Scarlet Pimpernel, but the ruthless French agent Chauvelin is sworn to discover his identity and and condone. So how does he do that? The way that he does that is he, um, he like will act as an idiot in like as a common society he will like dress up like a frivolous um he like back in the day like to have like that gay vibe or whatever but he will dress he like acted like a complete idiot in front of people and people would even like make like he was very rich like a rich man in society does that make sense and he would Mm -hmm. just like act like a total idiot and like be like very he was very feminine which like as a as a book um like I don't know it just like it was very funny for that time period because he was just he wanted people to underestimate him and so like hopefully it doesn't come off offensive to anybody who like um what he would just he was like playing off of people's opinions of him and he would force people to think he was an idiot so that he would never be understood but people would like reveal things to him and he would be in the center of gossip yeah he's very smart he just just scheming all the time like he's got things going on behind the scenes yes it's freaking awesome and then he will um this is the best way to put it sir percy blackney is an english dandy in his normal life so the dandy is you know that kind of like feminine yeah. male character that people just don't take seriously but it is when he takes on the guise of the scarlet pimpernel that he becomes the hero to the french aristocrats crossing the english channel on his yacht the daydream in order to save these aristocrats from their adrudged doom upon the guillotine tally how and away we go the bu- this book's disguised hero storyline first published in 1905 has been accredited with giving um, inspiration to several other literary heroes such as Batman, Zorro, and The Shadow. Um, and so it's super, super cool. Like, I just love it because he, it kind of helped me too. It's like, you don't have to prove your worth to people. You don't always mm-hmm. have to have, it doesn't matter what people think of you. You just keep doing like you and, and just keep doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I feel like, um, I love that because he's like, please underestimate me so I can freaking save people's lives and do all this cool stuff. Does that make sense? So he has this alter ego. So that's like 1905, but they, so Sharon, Sharon Cameron, I think that's her name. Gosh, so many things I'm saying at once. She like modernized it to, um, to this girl's perspective. So she's the, the Mm -hmm. rook. So we have Sophia, this is um, a review, which I did not grab her name, but I'll grab that at the end. We have Sophia, who's our main character, and she's completely fun. I had a blast reading her adventures and character development. She's normal, too, with all the feelings and emotions of any normal girl, yet with a more adventure than the average girl, so she's just cool. I completely enjoyed the brother-sister relationship between Sophia and her brother, Tom, um, and they were willing to do anything for her. The action was crazy and had me biting my nails and sitting at the edge of my seat, holding the book two inches from my face because I had to know what's going next. LeBlanc, our villain, was insane, literally insane. His logic, way of thinking the world should be, and the sickness in his own mind was fascinating. He's super creepy. There was, like, a ton of twists and turns and you don't know who the revealed is but um the romance is amazing there's a little bit of a love triangle but what's cool is the guy that she's engaged to is not for her side does that make sense so he's trying to figure out who the rook is and she is like oh darling like she's playing like this stupid character so like Uh he's engaged to who she thinks he thinks that she's like an idiot and she plays into it does that make sense like she's like yeah 
yes like the reason why she's positioned herself I don't know anything yeah but then like Mm -hmm. she's like the smartest person ever and so she like will and it's great because like we're under but like there's that like this yes and so like she'll play into it that's like the the infamous Scarlet Pimpernel like kind of vibe is just that Mm -hmm. she will literally play into that and then I just loved it I wish there was more books like that if you guys know of any books like that I just really loved um the like retelling of it and stuff like that but it was so good and obviously it ends very happily and but yeah so Sophia and Renee find themselves locked in a tantalizing game of cat and mouse and she has the cards in her hand let's just say that she's like oh sweetie yep but like he doesn't know she lets him like think that he is in control that's what I love about it is like she doesn't care she's like oh it's actually great that you underestimate me continue thank you like Mm -hmm. chef's kiss so good Wow. If you read it, I'll read it with you. Oh my gosh. I'm literally going to go to the library today. I have to return some books. And when I return them, I'm going to try to pick that book up. Go for it. Okay, go. Okay. So the second novel I'm talking about is A Great and Terrible Beauty. So I'll read the back page. In this debut gothic novel, Mysterious Visions, Dark Family Secrets, and A Long Lost Diary, thrust Gemma and her classmates back into the horrors that followed her from India. It's 1895, and after the suicide of her mother, 16-year-old Gemma Doyle is shipped off from the life she knows in India to Spence, a proper boarding school in England. Lonely, guilt-ridden, and prone to visions of the future that have an uncomfortable habit of coming true, Gemma's reception there is a chilly one. To make things worse, she's been followed by a mysterious young Indian man, a man sent to watch her. But why? What is her destiny, and what will her entanglement with the Spence's most powerful girls and their foray into the spiritual world lead to? That sounds cool. Yeah, the way that this kind of ties into Bridgerton is because, I mean, at least what I thought, watching Bridgerton, I feel like I said that weird, Bridgerton, (laughs) is that, like, it's a lot of character development. Like, you're really there for the characters and to see them, like, grow into the Mm -hmm. people and, like, things you want. And so, like, that's really similar to how this book is. So, the story set in, you know, Victoria-era England, a period in time where a girl's greatest hopes you know, we're supposed to be to marry well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I'm going to start reading this review. Her name's Bonnie Shores. She wrote this review and it's perfect. I know. By the way, the reason why we pull up these reviews is because Anna and I have read so many books over the past like five mm-hmm. or six years that for us to like remind, remember a book from like four years ago and remember everything, we just feel like we don't do it justice. Yeah. So we'll, we like search through reviews to just give us a little bit more like, oh, I remember when this is and this is how. So we'll always give people credit, but like... I know I'm gonna read so I'm gonna read like a tiny little excerpt from this book because mm. it's so well written and I feel like it sets the scene so well for what this book is too and so like we yes. love doing stuff like that too okay so well-born girls were trained to smile and be proper no matter what end eventually lie back and think of England like that type of thing so <laughs> the story is centered around Gemma finding a diary that reveals the secrets of the mystical order I found it to be more character driven, and I mean that in the best way. I love getting to know Gemma, Felicity, Pippa, and Anne, and seeing their friendship change and grow when through a magical realm they were able to experience the desires of their hearts. So basically, what ends up happening is like Gemma's having these visions, and after she gets to the school, like, you know, something's happened, and she ends up somehow in this cave, and she finds this book of a diary written, I think it's like 20 years ago, of a girl who was her age and having visions too. And so she's like, oh, like this means something. And then there's also like a slow, I like a really good slow burn romance in this book with Gemma. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I'm here for that. But then like, 
really what this book is, is here. Let me just read the excerpt and it will <laughs> reveal all for you. You will all know. <laughs> so the premise of this is that somebody is telling, like, it's a story to these girls. Yeah. Shall I tell you a story, a new and terrible one, a ghost story? Are you ready? Shall I begin? Once upon a time, there were four girls. One was pretty, one was clever, one charming, and one, one was mysterious. But they were all damaged, do you see? Something not right about the lot of them. Bad blood, big dreams. Um, they were all dreamers, these girls. One by one, night after night, the girls came together and they sinned. Do you know what that sin was? No one? Pippa? Anne? Their sin was that they believed. They believed they could be different, special. They believed they could change that they were what they were. Damaged, unloved, cast off things. They would mm. be alive, adored, needed, necessary. But it wasn't true. This is a ghost story, remember? A tragedy. They were misled, betrayed by their own stupid hopes. Things couldn't be different for them because they weren't special after all. So life took them, led them, and they went along, you see. They faded before their own eyes till they were nothing more than living ghosts, haunting each other with what could be, with what can't be. There, now, isn't that the scariest story you've ever heard? That's and so, crazy. Like, yeah, really, like, what this story is, is all of these girls being, like, rebelling against the times and being, like, I'm not just going to sit back and be married to whoever. Like, I'm going to make a name and a life for myself that I, mm -hmm. like, will enjoy and love. Yeah. I'm here for that. I love that. Yeah. And here's it's the deal. Really I feel good, like, like, mysterious read. The thing is, with those kinds of books, it's, like, why do we always pick, why do we always recommend books that have, like, strong female characters or strong, um, like where women like or like where the main character like has to like pull themselves out of it. and like what book would you mm -hmm. would we want to read a book that doesn't have that where like the character just sits still and is like no I'm comfortable with being married like, to this so person yeah yeah like I think that's what I love about these books I love that though that's super cool and I think it's super empowering and and with things like that you can always apply that into your own life and um mm -hmm. I don't know take control of your life I feel like books always inspire yeah. me and especially what I love myself. too is like the, well, just like a lot of the female characters in Bridgerton and like in some of the books we talked about, like mm -hmm. our characters where they're like, like, I want more for myself, but I'm still like, they still are a proper lady and they're gorgeous. And they're like, you know, in a mm -hmm. full gown somewhere, like making a name for themselves. Yes. Which I love too. I love that. Okay. I have, um, if there's a TV series that you're looking to binge after Bridgerton, this is, this is it. And it's, they have a book that I haven't read, but I watched the miniseries and I was like, I was in love. I was in love. It's honestly the best kissing scene I have ever seen in my life. Like, I know that sounds weird and I'll explain the kissing scene in just a second. No, okay. So this weird. is North and South. Um, it's the BBC miniseries is like incredible, but it's North and South. And this is how it goes. When her father leaves the church in a crisis of conscience, Margaret Hale is uprooted from her comfortable home in Hampshire to move with her family to the north of England. Initially repulsed by the ugliness of her new surroundings in the industrial town of Milton, Margaret becomes aware of the poverty and suffering of the local mill workers and develops a passionate sense of social justice. This is intensified by her tempestuous relationship with the mill owner and self-made man, John Thornton, as their fierce opposition over his treatment of his employees masks a deeper attraction. In North and South, Elizabeth Gaskell skillfully fuses individual feeling with social concern, and Margaret Hale creates one of the most original heroines of Victorian literature. So not only is this book like incredibly powerful, like as a term of social commentary, it was also a huge awakening for that time period. So like, that's why I love like, 
old, like Jane, like Jane, like the OG Jane Austen books and books that were written in that time period, because just the fact that a woman published a book at that time period was already freaking incredible. Um, Mm -hmm. Like Jane Austen's first book, Northanger Abbey, she had to publish it anonymously. She had to literally give up her name in order for her to just be published, you know, like just have that work out there, you know? And I think that we just don't, like that in itself is enough. And then this book not only is a romance, but it talks about just, and Charles Dickens helped a lot with this too. Sorry, I'm getting really nerdy about this, but Charles Dickens' writing it. and Mark Twain's writing, like those authors that um, discussed like the the depth, the depth of the industrial revolution really helped protect thousands and millions of lives because mm-hmm. do you know like the backstory of like the industrial revolution and like what people went through? Uh, kind you of, really but detailed. like talk about it so I know what you- You're fine. So, um, I can't remember what year this is, but in like the 1800 time period, um, the, like England was booming. They had just figured out, they had like, there was like the the boom of like creating like factories and um, like I wanted, I, I visited this town in in England and we like learned so much about the industrial revolution, but the biggest thing that you could, that you learned um was just that the the working conditions of the people were horrific you would go at five or six years old as a child and be forced to work in order to feed your family um like people in order to like work in the factories people had to like live close by and so they built these like tiny tiny little apartments nearby the living conditions were horrible the pay was horrible Mm-hmm. And like, this was like before any form of like regulations or unions or anything. So like, yeah. people would lose fingers. People would be working 12 hours days. There were like and children like working. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, but these, these authors would like write books like this and they, they brought awareness, especially like Charles Dickens's, Charles Dickens books were very eye-opening to the public. It was kind of like how Uncle Tom's Cabin was for like just topics about slavery Um, because like these brought awareness to people like who who didn't have these experiences. And what I love about it is that it's through the perspective of this person's eyes who like eyes are open to like what things are and she actually makes a difference. Um, But like, so she starts seeing like the way that these, so basically homegirl's poor or not poor, she lives in a good life. And then she becomes acquainted with this guy who owns the mill and the slow burn is beautiful i'm gonna read a review Mm, from it 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 is so good back to the love story on that sorry that's my social commentary for the day um okay okay, this is why i love this is by l-e-y-n-e-s lanes um she rated it five stars five stars she said i finally figured out why i love north and south so much john thornton is as invested in his relationship as i am and that means a great deal it's very rare to get such a deep look into the emotions of the male love interest but gaskell didn't shy away from showing us our beautiful precious son from his most vulnerable side the way he is in a non-creepy way so preoccupied with margaret and constantly talks about her so that his mother and sister get super annoyed just by the mention of her name like honestly same john i too do nothing else but talk about margaret and you this is some relatable content right there elizabeth gaskell has such a way with words i'm so obsessed with her beautiful language i literally cannot um believe that she is friends that she was friends with charlotte bronte like hun you can do better (laughs) no comment on that one um so back to john thornton this is like how he wrote about his experience when he first met Margaret. 
He almost, this is like from the book. He almost said to himself that he did not like her before their conversation ended. He tried so to compensate himself for the mortified feeling that he, while he looked upon her with an admiration he could not repress, she looked at him with a proud indifference, taking him, he thought, for what, in his irritation, he told himself he was. A great rough fellow with not a grace or refinement about him. So it's basically, he's got that Darcy vibe, that strong, like Darcy was so misunderstood, like, but like you get things from his perspective. He's so cute and he's so insecure. He wants to shake her hand so bad. Like his, so it was the frank familiar custom of the place, but Margaret was not prepared for it. She simply bowed her farewell, though the instant she saw the hand half put out and quickly drawn back, she was sorry she had not been aware of the intention. So back in like, like she didn't know that you're supposed to like shake hands because you know, like she's a lady, but in like yeah. that like rough or time period, he like did it, but he, he like extended his hand and he's like, oh, she doesn't, okay. But like he wanted to shake her hand so bad. Literally when Mr. Darcy like helped Elizabeth out of the yes. carriage and then he like flexing his hand out. <laughs> Um, he also admits his mistakes. Like, here's one, like they will have a fight and then he'll go, I spoke hastily to you once this evening. I'm afraid rather rudely, but you know, I am but an uncouth Milton manufacturer. Will you forgive me? Um, he never pursued anyone else. He was always just like, oh, one-on-one with her. Um, Margaret gets hit by a stone in the middle of like a, like uprising when they're like, (laughs) they're like, like, Margaret gets hit by a stone. (laughs) (laughs) Just casual. Um, and literally he loses his mind. He loses his freaking mind. Aww. He goes, everything seemed dim and vague beyond, beyond besides the touch of her arms around his neck. Cause he like picks her up the soft clinging, which made the dark color come and go in his cheek. Is like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is adorable. I know. And then he proposes and, and he just, okay. So then like at the very end, like she leaves and she goes on this train and he's about to go, like, they're about to like, it's at the train stop. And then the scene in BBC, literally, this is the, this is the kiss. Okay. Homeboy, yes. like, sits on the train with her. He explains all of his feelings. He talks to her, like, I'm a man. I claim the right of, of expressing my feelings. He expressed it. Margaret was savage. She refused him beforehand. And then he's just, he's like, no, I really need to, like, talk to you about how I feel about you. Okay. So then they get off the train. I'm like, ready. And they, like, look at each other. And this kiss was, like, the buildup of like the hand touching and like the story telling mm-hmm. and like like the, the things that she has grown as a person and he's grown as a person and they're just like and then the kiss was like I don't know how to like it was the right amount of length it was modest but like they're kissing in the middle of a freaking train station in Victorian England like what but like it is like I screamed so at the tv I was like yes kiss her kiss her dang it kiss her good like it was great so yeah, and he was never possessive. He did get jealous, but he would like hate on himself for being, he was like, sweet, she oh. can do what she wants. You know what I mean? Yeah, Anyways, very progressive. It was beautiful. It's like, let me just read to this. You need to too. watch that now. Their reunion. He came close to her. He knelt by her side to bring his face to level with her ear and whispered, panted out the words, take care. If you do not speak, I shall claim you as my own in some strange presumptuous way. Send me away at once if I must go, Margaret. Like, stop it. Oh my gosh. I will, we should do it. We should do a best friend date where we literally watch this. I'm so down. Oh, yes. Yes. It's on YouTube guys. You can literally watch it for free. And I think it was on, on Netflix for like six years. I don't know if it still is, but it is so good. If you're looking for a Victorian romance with like, there is no smut, but all of the like things that make Bridgerton good, honestly. And like, not that I don't love the Duke, but like sometimes I had some male problems with like just the way that they like like Anthony was just being a stupid brother his character oh arc gosh. was beautiful love that for him but yeah. I was literally like 
come on, man. But the like, very beginning though, you're like, oh my gosh, you're so hypocritical. Yes, exactly. And then I was just getting so mad at him. I was like, dude, like your sister's never, you want your sister to marry he this six-year-old like, so gross man? Yeah, I'm in episode, I just finished episode five or started like around that time period and I'm loving mm-hmm. Anthony at this Good. point. No, I mean, he's still, I only love him because he's being kicked really hard right now. And like oh. his girl that oh, he's you know, like, I love that. In, she's like, I am not a fool. I will not be a fool for you. Back up, you little piece of crap. And he's like, I am the worst. And we're like, yeah, you are. And so he's, he's like treating his sister with a lot more respect and like defending her. And so it's good. Good. Okay. Well, that is all I have. I mean, I have like 20 more, but I feel like that's all we can probably. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening and let us know if you have, I love Victorian novels. So if there's more that you have, please give them to me. I love Northanger Abbey, Emma, all those give it to me so yeah they're super fun okay talk to you guys later Bye. bye